0: Welcome, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Thanks for tuning in to another chapter of the Ironside Podcast. I'm your host Brett Kane, and I have uh, one of my best friends, Tom, joining me today. And uh, so we'll just dive right in. So, Tom, tell tell us about yourself.
1: Uh, so, Brett and I we've met mostly digitally. We haven't met in person yet. You gotta you gotta get here in Utah. So, or I should go up to up to see you either way. But uh, so I, I'm a family man. I'm a, I'm a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, 42 years old, believe it or not. And I have, you know, I've been married for 16 years and I've got three girls. And so my oldest is 15. I've got a 13 year old and I have a 12 year old. And so, uh, be honest with you, they're kind of the, uh, uh, most important thing in my life, but yeah, it, it's, uh, it, I definitely, definitely enjoy my time with them. In fact, that's, we prefer to do more than anything else. So,
0: Well, I'm glad that you're sh- sharing some of that time with us today. So, you know, I, I have a, a six-year-old daughter and raising daughters in today's world is so important and it's always been important. There's a, I don't know where it comes from, but you've probably heard it, that a son is a son until he finds a wife, but a daughter is a daughter for life. And, and
1: I love that. I, I have heard that and it's, it, it's definitely true. I mean, it seems that a wife has a tendency to, to gravitate back towards their families. And, and uh, I, that's definitely a blessing knowing I have three girls because, you know, they're, they're always going to gravitate back to us. And and at least that's the hope. And so, but yeah, I, I definitely love my girls and love the time with them. So. So what do you think about that? I
0: mean, they're, they're getting to that age where there's a lot of uh, media, you know, that's, um, mm-hmm. uh, Uh, attacking them and and what the the ideal femininity is and and uh, that's on a a grand scale and then certainly in a small scale I mean if they have uh, any form of digital device or any of the associations there are uh, you know people that are going to want to take advantage Mm -hmm. uh, of them so I mean what, what are you doing to to arm them and and equip them?
1: we don't hide anything. I mean, it's, it's, we have open conversations about everything. It's nothing's off the table with our girls. And so I I think, you know, it's one of those things that it's, it's important that we be transparent uh, with our kids. Now that doesn't mean that they need to know every bit of, of trial that we're going through, but it also, it also does mean that they have an understanding of of how we can overcome those and, and grow from them. Right. But how do we protect them? We protect them by being open with them, uh, having the conversations about what the world is, uh, what the world expects, and and what we expect as a uh, as you know a, a, as followers of Christ. I mean, it, it's it's extremely important that we understand the difference. You know, I I I look at the world today. And everybody's crying inclusion, inclusion, inclusion. I don't, I don't know where that came from, to be honest with you, because it used to be cool to not be included, right? It used to be cool to be the outsider and now everybody wants to be included. And, and I find it interesting because the, although the kingdom of heaven is, is it has an invitation to include all, it's, an, it's a very exclusive club, however, right? And so we rejected the plan that included everybody. You know, we, we rejected that and that's why we're here. And so we try to remind our girls regularly of, you know, this is what's expected. This is part of of what our Heavenly Father expects. And this is how we overcome those things. This is how we discuss through those things. This is how you stand up for yourself. This is what to expect. Uh, You know, Olivia is close to the age of dating. And and she's constantly being told this is what to expect of the boys, uh, of of men in general, right? And so sometimes probably a a fall of mine is, she's find herself a little more critical as we're, as we're going about and she sees guys and she's like, ah, why is she dressed like that? <laughs> so, but yeah, it's, it's definitely important just to be open, open book.
0: I, I like that a lot, dude. And I was just about to mention dating, you know, and I think back to my dating experience and, and my dad, he was, was, very loving, but he was—he had very high expectations. And and like you said, we just heard in general conference that you know one of the ways that that we show Christ-like love is we never lower our expectations. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's awesome. And so my dad, he, he really instilled in me showing proper respect uh, to to girls. And so I, I tried to be the best I could. And I know that even then, I still whether you know intentionally or unintentionally broke a lot of hearts you know and and i think that i'm like man you know like i hope josephine doesn't have to go you know through what you know some of these uh females in my life went through like i i think back to every time i, I made a girl cry you know because i broke up with them or, or whatever you know dumb stuff yeah. and that's not important in the grand scheme of things but but to them in that moment that's their whole world so i have, have you talked to about that all, or all or, or kind of you know what what are you telling her to expect
1: yeah it's interesting because we haven't we haven't had those discussions yet right because she's not at the point of dating um her first date will be with me I mean we, we we've made that very clear and so you know I, I think at that point we'll probably have a little more of those discussions I think heartbreak's inevitable I mean it, it's it's one of those things that we whether a boy or a girl I think we go through at some point in our life and I think that, you know, maybe in that moment, it seems like the most important thing, uh, but in the, in the grand scheme, uh, it's only an, an important thing because, because of how you handle it. Right. So you may have been breaking a whole bunch of hearts out there, but at the end of the day, there are probably better women because of it. <laughs> right. So, you know, and, and hopefully she's able to see that and understand that and with all of them at some point, but yeah, I, I, scared to death of the dating mostly because um well, mostly because i, I feel like uh, men and, and boys don't live up to the to the standards that they're expected to live up to you know i have spent a lot of time with the young men that are in my ward and, and i have high hopes because of the because there's some great young men but then i see others that i'm just you know in the world and i am so disappointed in in what we've done as a culture and what we've done as a man, as men in general and put that aside and allowed, uh, you know, allowed ourselves to, to, to not take on a masculine uh, caretaker, patriarchal role and, and miss out on that. And, and hopefully uh, my girls, as they get older and as they date, they're able to recognize those, those characteristics and those traits. And, and when they, when their hearts are broken, it's, they realize that those, those boys are those men, that those boys were never going to be men anyway, so
0: like that perspective yeah and you know that that's one of the things is like just having that perspective of how is this going to be in the future you know like i i look back uh on my youth and yeah i i would not be ashamed to introduce you know my wife or my family to any of you know my past girlfriends or whatever and and that's a real comfort and a lot of them you know i i've been able to 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 see them, you know, on, on social media or whatever. And like you said, you know, I, I, they're probably better women because of it. And you know, that they're, they're all happy and successful. Women. And so, yeah, that, I guess that that does bring bring some comfort. I hadn't thought about that. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. Um, but speaking of dating, how did you and your wife meet?
1: Uh, so interesting enough. Uh, I was, I was attending a single school. My wife is from Arizona and I was living in Utah. And I was attending a single ward and I was the, uh, uh, the ward mission leader at the time. And one of the things that the Bishop asked us to do was to stand at the, at the door and greet the new people and ensure that they got their records transferred over, uh, in a you know, quick manner and make sure they had everything they needed to do. So I'd been going to that ward for a little while. And my other friends had gotten married or moved and I was like, ah, I'm done. So I, I went with the intentions that day to tell the bishop that, hey, you probably need to release me because I'm going to transfer to a family ward. I'm just out because I was 26. That's old in Utah years to not be married, right? 26 years old. And so it was at that point I was greeting at the door that morning and Tiff walked in and she just moved from Arizona. It was her first week there. And uh, I looked at her and knew, knew that I was about to meet my wife. And so I invited her to come sit with me and, you know, uh, snatched her up before she knew she could do any better. And, uh, I took her, I got her records transferred and took the, her phone number off that sheet slyly enough and called her that night and asked her to go out on a date. And it was all from there. And so she'll, uh, she'll deny it, but she, she kissed me first. I'm just gonna point that out. So when she does listen to this, she can be reminded that she kissed me. So <laughs> <laughs> that that's
0: Matt Madeline, my, my wife, she, she kissed me first and How works. Else. yeah. Right. <laughs>
1: How'd you
0: guys meet? So we actually met, uh, she was back from BYU, Idaho. I was back from Southern Virginia University in Washington. And there was a a big regional young single adult activity at the Seattle Temple. And uh, the the first night of the activity, we were just talking about how it was cool to be an outsider. I was a bit of a rebel. So uh, everyone went to the to the chapel because there was going to be a a musical number and she was singing it some someone had spilled some soda or something in in the uh cultural hall in the gymnasium so i stayed and mopped it up and i didn't go into the chapel because i was i was too cool Uh, but i heard her singing i'm like oh wow that's that's beautiful singing um then the next day uh there was a blood drive and the 5k and uh then there was not in that order that would have been funny but (laughs) we were having lunch and i walked in again trying to be super cool and i went and sat by myself but kind of close because i had seen her and i was like oh she's really pretty um and she had you know just this awesome red hair and she actually called me over to come sit by them Mm -hmm. and uh we uh just hit it off from there and that that night um i i drove a, a group out to dinner because we went to a restaurant and I kind of surreptitiously got the waiter's attention said I was gonna pay for her. And uh, she had a bunch of other guys chasing her, so I had to defeat them. And she was really touched by that gesture of me buying dinner for her. And then I drove us to the steak center for a dance, uh, but the parking was full, so I dropped everybody off and I had to go park at a gas station a couple blocks away. And I came back to the dance and I could not find her. But I found her after the dance. So we never got to dance and she needed a ride home. And so I got to meet her parents that night. So this is the the same day that we met. And then uh, we started dating. And uh, that was in the end of July, 2014. And then we got married that December. So
1: really, really quick. Yeah. Tiff and I moved quick too. So we were engaged three months after uh, we met. And then I left and went down to Texas for our entire engagement and so she planned the wedding up here with with her mom my mom and my little sister. And so but I was down there working for the 3 months and came back and week before and got married. So
0: Man, that is awesome, dude. And you yeah, you've got 3 beautiful girls so you're you're living it up. Yep. So at, this is a hard question, but how is it being a father? And having your own father pass away.
1: Um, it's an interesting question, right? Because so first, I, I need to well, let me preface. So I've had the luxury in my life of having three fathers. So I, I have my my dad, uh, who my biological father, who you know, uh, who loved me, who raised me, uh, and then. You know, they, my parents got divorced at a pretty young age. Uh, I was young, you know, and then we lived across the street from my grandpa and my grandma. And so father number two came in the form of my grandpa, who just who who loved and loved to tease and, and you know, and, and was amazing at forgiving. And then father number three came when my when my mom got remarried. And so in, my, in the form of my, my stepdad, who I call my dad as well um, who he and my, he and my father are two very different people. You know, my dad was a little more loose. My stepfather was quite a bit more strict. Right. And so over the time I have had this opportunity to learn from three great men that made major impacts on my life that allowed me to see good and bad in all three of them and hopefully pick out the majority of the good and, and probably pick up some of the bad while we're at it. Um, but so to lose my father, I, I lost one. I, I've lost two of my fathers now. You know, my, my stepdad's still here and, and just a few years ago I lost my grandpa and then my dad passed away recently. And so to lose a father is a, it, it so losing a bit of your appendage, uh, it's like almost losing an appendage, right? I find my dad was a mechanic for 42 years. He, he spent so, so much time turning a wrench. And I found myself picking up the phone to call him multiple times just to ask him, hey, I got this problem going on with this. What do you think? And realizing that I'm looking at his tools that I've taken from his home after he passed away. And those are the tools I'm using, you know, and, and it's not, I can't make that, that phone call to him. And so when you say, what is it like to lose your own father, knowing and being a father at the same time, humbling, I guess, I mean, it it makes you want to be better. There's, you know, there's no question that as I looked at the, as I've gone through and, and had the memories, it's, it's made me want to be more like my dad. And there's been times when it's made me want to be less like my dad. And so it, it's a it's a tough question. It's a really tough question because I don't think there's a I don't think there's any, an answer that's the same for everybody. And it's it's difficult. It, it's difficult to lead a family and to also have the opportunity to grieve and 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 try to be the, the strength as well.
0: Thank you for sharing that. My, uh, my roommate in, in college, one of my best friends, he, he told me recently that, you know, and he's got two daughters as well, uh, funny enough. And he, he said that when he was younger, thinking about losing his parents was you know, uh, just the most devastating thought. But now with his own family, it, it's kind, he said it made it, it brought him a little bit more peace uh, and, and perspective and and I think that's that's interesting and I, I'm still you know grappling with that and and you know what that's going to be like and, and what what I'm going to leave behind for for my own daughter it's and of course having the gospel and, and knowing that this life isn't the end-all be-all that that is a huge comfort as well
1: yeah you're absolutely right I mean it, it makes a it makes a dramatic difference to have that in our lives because of the the knowledge that we have of things hereafter right of the the knowledge of eternal families the you know and, and being able to have that there's no question there's some comfort but even with that comfort there's still you know there's still some pain that comes with it for sure
0: what are some family traditions that that you've established or would like to establish? I, I know that that's kind of a, a hard question, too, because I guess what constitutes a tradition? But is, is there anything, you know, we're getting close to Thanksgiving and Christmas and everything. What, what do you guys do as a
1: family? Uh, you know, we I think we have all kind of our normal ones, right? It's it's after Thanksgiving that that as soon as we're done with Thanksgiving dinner, the girls like to put up the tree. They like to get all those things ready. And, and they love they, they love Christmas for sure. Um, a funny thing that we have in our family is we love baseball. Right. And so when my parents got divorced, uh, the comfort that I had, or the, uh, what allowed me to withdraw was to go watch uh, baseball games with my uncle across the street in the basement. We always, I was a TBS kid. So I grew up a big brace fan. Right. So my girls are actually named after baseball. So Olivia's middle name is after Roger Maris. Atlanta is named after the Braves. Lily is actually Lily Mays. So, we we have the tradition where we watch the playoffs together for sure. And so, in fact, I told the girls, "You guys can move away if you guys can't make a home for Christmas. I understand it, but you better be at my house for the World Series." So, you know, we we have those fun things that we definitely do. But we we have all the, all, I think, all your normal traditions of hey, let's put up the lights, let's put up the tree. You know, you open the pajamas the night before, before, and, and so uh, we, we started some new ones where my, my wife's like the idea of something to read, something they need, something to wear, you know, th- those things. And so putting on and putting more perspective and not overdoing it on Christmas, I feel like in the past we've done the too many uh, presents and we, we've really over the last, you know, four or five years really tried to minimize that and make it and bring that focus back to what it's supposed to be so especially in the world that we live in right now i think that's i think we miss out on god too much
0: i totally agree and you know i was telling my wife the other day there was i don't know if it was a general conference talk or something in the ensign but it, it was something shared from uh, a general authority from the church about how there's this little boy and he had just a couple you know old hot wheels cars and uh his uh you know, home teacher back then ministering brother now would always come in and every now and again would bring him another hot wheel and he was so excited and then finally like this guy he just had a huge collection so he just brought like you know 50 hot wheels all at once and it just inundated the, the kid with these and he was like I don't know what to do with it and wasn't interested in him anymore you know so I, I think that yeah um quantity we definitely live in you know a quantity uh over quality yeah. world and you see that with food i mean you know people always want like the biggest portions mm-hmm. even if it's not good food and mm-hmm. you know people turn up their noses at the kind of gourmet where it's you know it's like a you know piece of steak even if it's just like a small but it's really good you know that's yeah. kind of the things
1: well i i think i mean you could even talk about that in general i it's unfortunate you, i don't know if you knew this i i used to be uh, quite obese I don't know if you if you and I've had that conversation. I don't know if you are part of the the group before. Exactly. So I, you know, I I like I said, I'm only about five seven, five eight, but I weighed about two hundred and sixty pounds. And so every everything that took place, I just it, it was a grind to just get up off the couch. I mean, I remember sleeping in bed, and I'd go to roll over, and I I literally had to grab my stomach so that I could move it over, and And, you know, I had some, some things happen that caused me to to have some changes or at least view those changes. And I had to change my relationship with food and say, okay, it's not comfort. It's not, uh, you know, it's not quantity by any means and really, really look at it as fuel alone. And so, you know, over over time I've been able to reduce that. And, you know, I'm 180 pounds now and a completely different 180 pounds, you know, than, than (laughs) <laughs> well, definitely different than the 260 pounds I was, but yeah, I was, a, I was, I was a big man.
0: Yeah. That's, that's unbelievable, man. How, like, that's incredible. How did, how did you do that? How long did it take?
1: So the losing the weight wasn't, didn't take as long, right? I, I just changed my relationship with food and I changed what I ate when I ate it. And I, and I found within a year, I was able to drop the weight, but body composition wise, I was, my wife doesn't like this term, but I was skinny fat. Right. So I'd lost the weight, but I still wasn't in, a, in good physical condition. Right. Uh, be honest with you. I couldn't do a pull up to save my life at the time I was, I could barely bench press 135 pounds. I mean, not that these are a, a measure of a man by any means, but, a, but strength is an indication of many things. Right. I, I honestly, I firmly believe, and I will stand by this 100%. I don't believe that you can reach your peak, uh, spiritual fit, wellness. Without being physically fit as well, I just because you you haven't overcome your body, you haven't been able to to overcome the the natural man in general. If you can't be healthy, um, obviously you know barring any type of disease that comes along with somebody, but uh, yeah, I lost the weight and I got down. I got down to about one seventy, and but again, that one seventy wasn't a strong one seventy by any means. And so over time. Uh, this has been you know nine years ago is when I finally lost the weight over time the my build and my physique is quite a bit different at 180 than it ever was at 170 you know it's I I you know PR'd on 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 uh bench press that for a weight that I that I thought I should have been able to do when I was a kid and you know at, at 40 years old with uh you know arthritis in a shoulder and a And a bum elbow, I you know I was able to do some of those things that I'd never done before in my life, and I thought I'd never be able to do a muscle up, and to be able to do those things and connect them and do that, I you know I I I I, you know for lack of a better term, I I find pride in what I've been able to do with my body versus what it was.
0: Man, that's an incredible story, and yeah, I I can't believe I hadn't heard that before. So thank you for sharing that, and that's and that's true, and it's. It's amazing how you don't have to, you know, change very much to, to, to get somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. it's like um, Elder Uchtdorf, you know, just like one degree, if you start, if you change your relationship with food, or if you, you know, start walking every day, or if you, you know, start doing push-ups every day, you know, if you just do wow. these little adjustments, you will absolutely see results, um, and I think a lot of people do get discouraged, uh, you know, with, if they get a gym membership and mm-hmm. they're, they're not seeing the results just cause they're not making out a day or they don't know what workout routine, or, you know, they go on a diet and they can't maintain it. So, you know, that's, it doesn't have to be this grandiose, uh, you know, cold Turkey thing. It can just, I mean, it can be as simple as, you know, just. Like not eating past a certain time of day, and, and that's where it starts. So yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, I, I guess that you know what 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 changed for you? What was what was your relationship with food, and then what what did you change it to? Uh,
1: my relationship was, I just ate, right? It was more of a, I would say it's, it, I some of it was a comfort, some of it was simply a convenience, right? And so, but mostly it was a lack of understanding. Right. So my understanding changed and I, I changed my focus to rather than it being those things as it simply being fuel. It was only there for what I needed it for. And so, you know, I, I read a couple of different things on what the best thing was. I determined for me the change, the changes that I made. And really it was it was simple things. It was, you know, I increased the amount of, of fruits and vegetables. I ate. still ate plenty of meat. But then I didn't eat any carbs after two o'clock and, you know, and I, and I started doing some of those things. And so losing the weight, I, body composition, I think really, for me, at least comes down to diet as opposed to, as opposed to exercise. It's the strength that comes with the exercise. I think it, it's interesting because we look at a world right now where so many people have put a focus on, uh, you know, it's easier to fat shame than it is to, to accuse somebody of fat shaming than it is to go and hit the gym. Right. We'd rather, I think mean, uh, Dave pointed out the other day that people would rather put something in their body rather than, than remove something that's causing the problem, right? And so it's it's unfortunate, but we'd rather redefine the meanings of things than just go fix it. So, you know, I, I joke that, um, you know, that, that I was big enough that somebody followed me around with a tuba when I'd walk, Right. And that, but I also am a firm believer when I see that big giant guy that's barely moving and he shows up to the gym or he's walking down the street, I'm like, good for you, man. Good for you, because you're doing more than 90% of the world out there. Good job.
0: So, yeah, that that's so true, you know, and, and we talk about that a lot you know, in, in our circles or you see, but I have never, ever once been to a, a gym or seen someone out exercising I was getting made fun of, you know, these big, you know, and like, it's one thing, you know, you see the pictures of like some, someone at Disneyland waddling around or whatever. And that's like, okay, you know, that's, that's unfortunate. But if someone's putting in the work, like hats off to them, cause that's, that's legit. And, you know, I, I grew up, I was super chubby uh, all the way up until high school. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Super chubby. Like Uh, unbelievably so and then uh, when we moved from Chicago to uh, Squim which is a small town uh, in Washington I was just outside every day you know we we moved from the suburbs you know to kind of more rural had several acres so I was just running around And, and that made all the difference you know and it video games weren't as prominent, as, you know, as they are now, or prevalent, I should say. Certainly, online gaming wasn't a thing when I was, you know, uh, yeah. age. Um, but now it's, and now with smartphones, and it, I mean, and it's so insidious how they're trying to get kids to be sedentary. Um, you know, I we mentioned uh, the young men from the church, and I, I get to serve as a, an advisor to the to the priest quorum, and and for those who don't know. Uh, that's the young men from church, uh, ages 16 to 18. And I shared with them that that quote that our friend David shared with us from the book, Starting Strength, about how you know strength is the most important thing. And of course, you have to take that with several grains of salt uh, because you don't want to uh, sacrifice your family or your spirituality in the name of strength. But if you can not make those mutually exclusive, but actually mutually supportive, Mm -hmm. that's where real power comes from. And and like you said, you know, if we're not uh, pushing ourselves physically, you know, we we cannot attain our highest degree of spirituality because there there is an intrinsic uh, relationship between our spirit and our body. Again, barring uh, physical limitations, diseases, uh, infirmities, uh, disabilities, things like that. But you know, th- those are the exception. And if you have, you know, if you are whole, and, and there are plenty of people who don't have uh, the use of limbs uh, who are in great shape. You know, there are yeah. Olympians that are wheelchair bound, you know, that are, are in better shape than most people, you know, with two legs, you know you know what I'm talking about? And that's so like, it people, I think in, in every sphere, uh, including myself, have the tendency to live beneath our privilege. Like everybody has the ability to do a pull up or to do a push up or to get in better shape. I think that we can get stronger every day until the day that we die.
1: I agree. And not to mention, how am I supposed to fulfill my role as a patriarch of my family if I can't physically protect them? Right. I mean, that's, that's, it's important. Protection isn't just, hey, putting a, uh, you know, a house or a roof over their head. It, it, It may come to the point, and I firmly believe, that at one point in our lives, we will have to physically fight for our families. And if we can't do it because we've decided that donut was more important than that hour at the gym, uh, shame on us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And one of the, the things that I always think about is like, okay, after this meal, if right after I finish eating, if I have to sprint flat out for a quarter mile, can I do that, you know, or could I physically fight someone after this, or, you know, can I, you know, fasten my belt that has my tools on it, you know, after this, so yeah, it's like, and that's kind of extreme, but, you know, really thinking about that, like you said, it's fuel, um, I don't know, are you familiar with, uh, Musashi, Samurai, Book of Five Rings? I'm not. Oh, man, highly recommend we'll actually talk about that on on this podcast but so musashi uh one of the most famous samurai he wrote the book of five rings you know kind of same vein as the art of war um not not as uh extensive okay Uh, you know he uh killed a grown man when he was like 13 in a duel and he killed him with a wooden sword um and he went on to be just an incredible duelist samurai but he always talked about how you know, the samurai like wouldn't indulge in eating. And again, you know, not to say you can't enjoy a, a good meal, but it was like hot water, a little bit of rice, some fish, you know, it was just like pure utility. Um, yeah. And I think there's there is a lot of virtue with this. And again, you know you 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 have to balance that because there are people who who go hard. Um, and, you know, they'll turn up their nose at their wife's cooking, and then that ruins that relationship, you know, but it's, it, it is balance, um,
1: you I'll know, like, moderation.
0: Yeah, exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, so, so what, what, what do you guys have going on now? What's, uh, what's uh, everything like? I know with, there's been lockdowns, but what have you been doing to stay in the gym, to get family time, to increase your spirituality? Yeah, just what's that looking like?
1: You know it, it's honestly, I think that with the lockdowns, the coronavirus, everything was a huge blessing for our family. Um, we found that we had an increase in our spirituality. Uh, we had a tendency to be more open with each other. you know we we put a little we put a lot more focus in the come follow me, and you know really adopting and making sure that we you know we we kept to the roles that that we we should be keeping right um the gym's always just kind of been a standard thing for me uh, when it closed down uh, for a brief time where i was going they allowed us to rent the equipment so we kept our memberships and we rent the rented the equipment and brought it home and but during that time uh one of the nice things that happened so i i love crossfit okay i mean you know what they say is how do you know a crossfitter well they'll tell you if they're a crossfitter right so, but I love that. And it, it's one of those things that I really enjoyed. but, and I always wanted to get certified, but certifications were always on a Saturday and a Sunday. You'd go someplace and you'd spend Saturday and Sunday. And so I wouldn't go do it because I didn't want to spend the Sunday uh, for certification. Well, when coronavirus hit, they allowed it to be done online. And so I could do it from home and didn't have to go someplace on a Sunday. And so I was able to get certified. And so now I've not only start, not only have I been in the gym, but I've started training at the gym as well. And so I'm going to start building a gym here in my garage, uh, a little more extensive for my girls as well, because Olivia's part of her schooling is she has to have gym credits, which if she has a trainer, a certified trainer that allows her to add uh, the programs for her, they can do that. And I asked specifically if I could do that. And they said, yeah, if you're certified, go for it. So it, like I said, there's actually been some blessings that have come with it. So I was able to do those things. We were able to spend more time at home. Uh, we, you know, we are able to focus on our spirituality more and be able to have some more open discussions that I think that we were that we were missing uh, before because I was spending so much time at work and missing those opportunities to have those conversations.
0: Man, that that's awesome. You know, and that reminds me of something President Russell M. Nelson said, and for those who don't know, Russell M. Nelson is the, the prophet and, and president of the church. Uh, that he said, you know, if we have used this past year to increase our spirituality, then it, it hasn't been wasted. And it, it sounds like you've really uh, just leveled up in, in uh, a variety of facets of your life
1: uh, this year. So that's awesome, man. I well, like um, I had to. I mean, I yeah. like I had to. You're yep. going to go one of, one of two directions. You, you never stay stagnant. You're either going forward or backward.
0: Yeah. And, and this was a time where people like they, they fell off the, you know, the wagon hard, you know, so it, it was like, it was a very steep incline. So either you slid back big time or you, you know, gained a lot. So that yeah. I'm glad to hear that you, you definitely uh, stepped, stepped it up. Uh, and that's cool about your daughter. When I was in high school, uh, I, I boxed and it, we didn't have boxing in the high school, but that was like my my uh, gym credit was, was boxing. So I'm glad that she can do that and with you. So mm-hmm. that's cool that you got certified. I, I need to do more CrossFit. So I need to come down and visit you. And, uh,
1: well, awesome. I, I, want, I want to learn some uh, BJJ.
0: Awesome. So, yeah, I was just about to ask. So yeah, we'll definitely, we'll definitely get our jujitsu on. Um, so what are you reading right now? I, I, I know uh, I asked you today offline
1: about uh atomic habits and, and you recommended that book so i highly recommend atomic habits um it's it's one that i i definitely enjoy um the i just finished um oh my gosh the laws of success oh dude it, it's funny because when you said that uh we were where was i i i saw it on the bookshelf we went to a couple different we went to uh, Deseret book and to barnes and noble today and I saw Atomic Habits and I immediately thought of you on that. So, uh, But I just finished uh, The Laws of Success by Sterling W. Sill. There, there's two laws of success. And the other one is, I, I've heard is a great book, but I haven't read it. But this one's by Sterling W. Sill. It's not in production anymore. So you have to buy a used copy if you, if you find it. Um, it's probably become my favorite book. It's, it's amazing. It, it really is amazing. And he is bold. He's not afraid to say it how it is. Uh, which my my favorite book before that was Seven Habits. I love Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, right? It's, that's a great book. But um, in this, he goes through all the different laws of the universe that you are simply, uh, you can't escape them whatsoever. But he even makes a point that I thought was super interesting. He he said to be poor is a sin. I thought it was interesting, but he prefaced it. He said, let me explain. He says, nature is abundant. And God is intended for us to be abundant. And so by not doing so, it's because we are not doing our part. And so I I thought it was interesting, um, but the whole book is, these are immutable laws of God. These are immutable laws of the universe. This is how it breaks down. You know, that everything comes with compensation, that there's consequences, that it just goes through. It's, it's It's an amazing read. And so I just finished that actually yesterday So, and I got, I've got his second book, which is how to personally profit from the, from the laws of success. I, what's interesting about these two books, I've had them, I've had them for, uh, going on 20 years now, probably 21 years. And they were in my, my grandparents old travel chest. And I, I never opened them. I just never opened them. They sat there and, and shame on me for 20 years, missing out on, on this phenomenal read and these, and these insights. But I opened it up. And I thought I'm going to try this, and three pages in, I was I was absolutely hooked. So um, amazing read. But you're right, Atomic Habits, phenomenal. Um, you know, I, I like essentialism. I'm looking at my bookshelf right now of all the different things that I have up there that I just really really enjoyed. But uh, going through some of those, I, I have some books that I purchased. That I haven't had a chance to read yet that I'm kind of that I'm interested in. But then I'm like, oh, I want to read this one first, and so. And I'm half tempted to go back and and read Atomic Habits again before I move on to these others because it's uh, because of the reference that we saw in it last week. and and it, it is it's it's a really, really good read.
0: Yeah, yeah I'm glad you mentioned. It. i'm I'm gonna crack that open tonight. I, I I love reading. You know i I don't have a lot. we we've moved several times over this past year. And I've had to downsize my libraries, you know, a mm-hmm. little bit by a little bit. And that, that's that been hard because I, I don't have things. You know, I don't collect things, but I do love books. Yeah. And so I always like to, to hold on to those. And it's cool because even with the advent of digital technology, uh, you know, and, and e-books or, or Kindle or, or whatever, um, even audiobooks, like, Paper books aren't going anywhere. Like, and I think that's one of the yeah. last vestiges of ancient time. You know that we still have and cherish uh, physical
1: books. And I think right. that's a cool. It's interesting you say that because I was I was one that was like, oh, I'll just read this on my on my iPad. And uh, I started reading paper because I started doing seventy five hard right, and seventy five hard tells you it has to be a paper book. And I thought that doesn't make any difference, and it was amazing how much value there is in having that paper in my hands and reading it and being able to market and go through it. I personally, I love reading nonfiction, but I don't like, I, but I only like listening to fiction. So I'll use the audio books. I just, I just finished Dracula the other day. I was on my way up to, to uh, green river to go fishing and, and um, had finished up Dracula and finished up another book while I was at it and they're fiction. And, I like listening to fiction but I just I'm not a big fan of reading it whereas my daughter loves to read uh loves to read fiction and just it's a it's a push to get her to read the non (laughs) but so yeah no that you know that I was going
0: to ask you know because you've mentioned a lot of non-fiction so I was going to ask if you like reading uh fiction but yeah listening to fiction like that that's that's cool I think that especially if you get a good narrator I I don't know did you see my books at Deseret I know they're they're
1: I look. I actually looked specifically, and I didn't see any today, because I was. I was, hope, I was hoping to find one to send you a picture.
0: Yeah, I think they might be off the shelves now, but you know, I'll send. I'll send, uh, I'll send uh, some books for for your daughter, because they're, yeah. they're, they're they're age appropriate for that. You know, I, you know, as teenage and above. You know, there's there's nothing. Uh, you know, there's you no. Know, immorality or violence but you know there are thematic elements and suspense and there is some fighting
1: yeah knowing you i mean it's exactly what i expect so i wouldn't have to question and ask she's funny she she's read plenty of books and you know she's heard great things about him and she gets to the last chapter and it's almost done and and being wrapped up and somebody and they'll they'll have a, a swear word in there that she just can't get over and she puts the book down and she's done and so she's missed out on the ending of a few different books because she refuses to go any farther with it.
0: Well, good for her, man. You know, I, like, it's so funny. I've always said it would be great if like they had ratings for books like yeah. they do for movies, you know, that'd be so cool. Um, you know, or if there was a way to, you know, because things like VidAngel or whatever that you can yeah. filter films and, and television shows, it'd be great to do that with books like, yeah, you just don't need this chapter. You don't need that scene. Yeah. You don't need that word. And and you know, I think it, growing up, did you read much fantasy?
1: Uh, some. I mean, I, I I don't know that I was a huge reader when I was growing up. I read um out of necessity, but not necessarily out of out of entertainment or joy, right? And and it's probably been again this last year that I really um. I really come back uh, that brought that love back for, for, for reading and, and found a lot of joy in it and a lot of insight. And, and it's, yeah, it's been a, a huge difference in my life because it, it it allows some solace even right in the middle of the day, you, you start your job and you take that break and, and you walk away from your desk and, and go read for, for 10, 20 minutes. And just, it, it makes a big difference
0: it it is it's life changing so i'm glad to hear that that uh, olivia is is a big reader your other girls in, into reading as well
1: uh, not as much as her not as much as her they they uh, again i think they're more of the necessity like i was when i was younger um they they enjoy some other things like, you know they, they yeah they, they they we have fun though I mean, we definitely have fun but that's definitely one of olivia's joys one of the things she finds fun is is reading
0: that's awesome. And, you know, I, I kind of got off track, but, you know, we we, uh, we had last week uh, David J. West. He's uh, an author out of Utah as well. And uh, we'll, we'll have a couple more on the podcast pretty soon. But the, what I was going to say is, like, if you look back at some of like the classic fantasy, uh, C.S. Lewis, Tolkien, and those were I mean, those are the standard like that's like the gold standard yeah. of fantasy. <laughs> And there's no swear words. There's no immorality. Uh, it's not um, graphic violence. But then you have like today's contemporary stuff. Um, like uh, what's that one? They made the show Game of Thrones. I, I haven't read the books, but presumably. I didn't like, even know it was a book. book. Yeah. Yeah. Just chock full of, you know, uh, graphic violence and, and immorality. And I don't know if it's just different times or if it's, you know, that Tolkien and Lewis were so skilled that they didn't need to include that to appeal to the masses or if it's, you know, a lack of skill in the author and, you know, I don't want to cast dispersions on, on successful quote-unquote authors, um, but it, it's just too bad and I don't know if they are giving the audience what they want or if they're just doing that um, out of laziness, so I, I can't really opine on that, but it, it is just too bad to see that like great shows, great movies, great books, great stories, uh, are marred by including this sex scene or this you know word or or this.
1: Um, they push for the R rating because they feel like it's going to bring more of an audience. Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I <laughs> agree. It's extremely unfortunate.
0: So, uh, what what uh, what's next? What what have you guys got on the horizon?
1: Uh you know, I, I think right now we're just we're obviously getting ready for the holidays. I think the girls want my wife and I to dress up for Halloween this year. We traditionally don't. So I think they've got some stuff picked out for us. They want me to shave a little bit different and they've got some glasses picked out for me so I can be Tony Stark apparently. So, but uh, you know, getting ready for some of those things. I, I think, you know, we, we have, uh, we're, we're always working on something, right. We're, we're trying to, we're trying to improve, you know, I, I'm I'm working personally on on writing as well. You and I have talked about that and, and working through some stuff. Um, my wife is she's actually working on opening her own what well, she started and moving forward on opening her own macrame business. She's done a good job with. She does a really good job and she does some stuff online and does some shows and things like that. And and so you know we always have something that we want to improve on and 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 move forward with. Uh, it's just a matter of of making those things the right things and, and the best things and focusing on whether they're, they are the best things at that, at that very moment. So.
0: Well, that's awesome, man.
1: Thank you so much
0: for taking the time. I, I love listening to you. I love talking with you. I, where can people find you? I, you know, you, are you, you on the, the, the gram, the instant <laughs> fizzle?
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it's, I, I think everything is just at Tom Dinkelman on, on all of them. Right. And then I do have, I do have a blog, um, patriarchalcorrectness.com. So you've read some of that. And so, you know, and now that my computer's fixed and I'm back to being back to normal with dealing with funeral plans and all those things and getting that over it right, now that I I'll get back to writing a little bit more on there, but that's, you know, right now that's probably the easiest place to find me.
0: Awesome. Great. Well, we'll, we'll have some links to that in the, in the podcast and, uh, Again, thank you so much. Uh, we'll definitely have you back on. Uh, further down the road, you can let us know how the how the Tony Stark costume went and <laughs> more on the writing projects. But uh, anything else you, you wanna say to everybody, Tom?
1: No, that, that's it, man. I appreciate it. You're awesome. Hey,
0: you're awesome too. And to everybody listening, uh, do everything you can to get stronger every day, physically, mentally, spiritually. And just know that no matter what, you can make a change and leave something worthwhile for your family and know that no matter what your situation is, you do have a father in heaven who loves you. And Tom, you are such an example to me. And uh, I'm just so proud of you for everything that you've done. And uh, you never cease to amaze. And uh, thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. You bet. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to Ironside. And uh, until next time, uh, this is Brett and Tom out.